Hello and welcome to NC State's Audio Abstract. I'm your host, Tracy Peak. Tis the season for poinsettias, the flower most closely associated with the holidays. But there's more to this plant than just its bright red or white or pink flowers. We're speaking today with John Dole, professor of horticultural science here at NC State and master of all things poinsettia. Welcome, John. Thank you, Tracy. It's great to be here. I'm kind of looking forward to this because growing up, I've been surrounded by poinsettias every year of the holidays, um, and the corpses of said plants are usually (laughs) disposed of not too long thereafter. So I'm interested, you know, um, in sort of the history of the flower and if there are ways that I could potentially keep this thing alive in my house after the holidays. But... First of all, let's talk a little bit about the history of the plant. Why did this particular flower become so associated with Christmas in particular? This plant has just a fascinating history. Um, It's named after Joel Robert Poinsett, uh, who was ambassador at the time to Mexico in the early 1800s and brought it back. He was an avid horticulturist. In fact, there's a form of the poinsettia that you can see in Mexico all the way down the Andes into South America, because it got spread and cultivated. Um, it doesn't look like our current poinsettia, and it's obvious, it looks very different from the, the native poinsettia. Really, the, the basic reason why it ended up being associated with Christmas, even from the very beginning, was that it flowers very late in the year. And so, and it still has its red bracts into October, November, and December. And I've been to Mexico, where it's native, and I've seen it in the wild, and it still had its its bracts. Uh, so it just naturally, it was flowering at the time that, uh, you know, Christmas ended up coming into being. Okay. And just for folks who aren't into horticulture by bracts, do you mean like flower petals or what I would look, think of as the a non-horticulture? The big colorful parts. The big red things. The big red things. Okay, That's right. great. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, you know, botanists love to name things, uh-huh. and so every kind of plant part has a separate name. Well, if in America, the poinsettia, we call it that because Mr. Poinsett right. brought right. it back, what are the names for it in other cultures? Do we know? Yeah, the original the original name in Aztec was Quetlaxochic. Wow. And it is a very, it's a really great name. It's the flower of the color of fire. Uh, and it um, uh, it was cultivated, like I said, in the Aztec times. And then uh, more recently, uh, it picked up the name in Spanish of La Flor de la Noche Buena, okay. uh, Flower of the Holy Night. And that's really when it started to get associated with Christmas. Uh, it, Like I mentioned, it was very attractive, very colorful that time of the year. And in Mexico, they would do these uh, nativity parades. Uh, around the square, um, and they would pick the poinsettias and use them to to help decorate the parades. And so even back centuries ago, it got associated with Christmas. Then when it came to the United States, um, it originally was just a very interesting, beautiful plant. Um, It was grown, it actually was originally grown as a cut flower commercially in California, because it's very, at the time, very tall, very long. And so uh, they would grow it and harvest it as a really spectacular cut flower. Um, 
then over the years, it was cultivated. More and more new varieties were developed, new cultivars. And they found cultivars that held their leaves. Because the wild poinsettia is very tall. It grows up to 20 feet. Um, I heard it called treelet. And I love it. Treelet. Treelet. It's a perfect <laughs> name uh, because it has very long stems, very few branches. And the bracts are still there in the fall, but all the leaves have fallen. Oh, wow. So it's just these pops like, of red. Like a giant sunflower. Yes, without any leaves. With no leaves and just a big red thing on the top. Yeah. That's amazing. And so what has happened is over the years, the horticulturists and the plant breeders, they, one, they figured out how to shorten it. Because, you know, when we go into the stores and the garden centers to buy them, they're, you know, they're, they're only a couple feet tall. They're not 20 feet tall. Uh, we've learned how to keep the leaves on them. Part of that's through breeding. Part of that's through how we handle them. Um, and then, of course, developed all the different colors. And then um, folks, uh, Paul Ecke in particular, whose name was attached to one of the biggest firms for many years, Paul Ecke Poinsettias, he was a marketing genius. He would grow poinsettias, and then he would ship them off to the White House. And the White House, and then, of course, all the photos came out. Smart. With all those poinsettias. He would ship them to news stations for their sets uh, around the time. And he just reinforced this link between the poinsettia and Christmas. And it has been so strongly associated ever since. That's really smart. What is the Aztec name again? Quetla Xochitl. Quetla Xochitl. Quetla Yeah, if you look at the writing, you would probably never really get how to say I have, that. yes. It's, Looking uh, it's at got a lot of uh, X's and T's and stuff, yes. That's really cool, though. I'd like to just walk into the, the store and go, hey, do you have any? Quetla Xochitl. <laughs> Available right. for sale. That's right. Um, you could also do La Flor de la Bo no Noche Buena. Yes, which would be probably a little easier for little everyone. Easier. right, right. Everyone right. involved. Well, so... Are poinsettias big business here in North Carolina? Do we grow them? We grow a lot of them. They are very big business. Um, of all the 50 states, we are number two in terms of numbers of poinsettias that we grow. Uh, we grow, uh, the last census figures were about 4.6 uh, million plants. Um, we ship them up and down the East Coast. Uh, what's really great about the, uh, the industry in North Carolina is we have one of the largest poinsettia producers probably in the world. Uh, that's Metrolina, uh, north of Charlotte near Huntersville. And we also have lots of local small growers that are producing poinsettias in garden centers all across the state. So do they need to have, I mean, greenhouses all year round for these? Or do you just grow them at a certain time of year? Like how long does it take to go from a poinsettia seed to a plant that you're going to sell someone? Or is that even how it's done? Well, um, it's about uh, four months for the actual production part. Um, so they are typically started in anywhere from late June through mid-August. And then, of course, they flower in November and December. Uh, they actually start from a cutting. And that is a, a piece of a plant. It has a, a, the young young leaves at the very top, which we call the apical meristem, and then has a couple of mature leaves, which help fuel that cutting. And then we, we get that cutting in, uh, we propagate it, which is the process of putting roots 
allowing the cutting to grow roots. And then at that point, it's just a little tiny plant. And those little tiny plants get shipped out all around the country. And those are used to start the poinsettias in late summer that then become the plants we purchase in the fall. Okay. Well, that's interesting to know as well. Um, so I know that you've been involved in evaluating, quote-unquote, new colors yes. of poinsettias. So was the natural color of the poinsettia just red? There are not different varieties down in Mexico? Uh, it's pretty much red. Okay. You can occasionally find some white ones um, in the Aztec type. Um, I have not seen any white in the wild poinsettia. I've only seen red in the wild poinsettia. Um, it, uh, and red is by far the dominant color. And it's also the color that's commercially the most important. Right. About 80% of what we grow and sell is, uh, is red poinsettias. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. But they do have all kinds of colors, right? Oh, they do have all kinds of colors. And they are, uh, the breeders really have had a lot of fun with this plant. Well, first of all, it's grown in huge numbers. Um, all, it's not just grown in the United States. It's grown all over the world. And so when you grow plants in that large numbers, um, you're going to find what we call sports. These are just random changes, genetic changes, that cause changes in color, form, and shape. Uh, so there's that going on. And then what the breeders will do is they'll try to enhance that. They'll try to pull out different colors. So what the breeders have done is they've taken red and they've uh, gone two different directions with it in terms of color. Uh, by the way, there are white ones and there are pinks. Those are the most common uh, color and color mutations. But what they've done is they've moved it towards the yellow side and there are yellow poinsettias out there. Hmm. So they've they first moved it to orange, and so there's some orangey types, and then moved it further and further. There's an apricot. Uh, there's a blending of uh, different kind of orangey tones, and then they got it all the way to a nice, clean, clear yellow. And so there's yellow to red and everything in between. And then on the other end of the spectrum, they moved it towards blue. Now, we do not have any blue poinsettias uh. except for the painted ones. Okay. We'll find some stores where the, they will put paint on them. Okay. Um, but th we have purple poinsettias, and we have different poinsettias that are dark maroon, a very dark red. So they've moved that red in two opposite directions to create just this whole spectacular spectrum of colors in poinsettias. That's amazing. Yeah, I would think it would be it would be great to have a purple poinsettia. They're pretty that cool. Would be, They're pretty cool. I think that would be cool. Yeah. I'm not really sold on the yellow ones because it reminds me too much of what the leaves look like as I proceed to murder my <laughs> yearly poinsettia plant. Well, it's a nice bright yellow. I okay. can imagine. <laughs> it's not that dead, sad dead brown yellow. yellow. Yeah. No, uh. no, there's no brown <laughs> poinsettia. It's not planned anyway. There's a lot of brown poinsettias in January, but that's a whole different story. So the most popular color, I assume, is probably still red. Sometimes I'll see, you know, in Christmas displays, red and white together because that looks nice. Yeah, there's the red, uh, the golds, which are, you know, the kind of uh, orangey. Those are particularly popular. Um, the various novelties, uh, they get a lot of attention, but the fact is most folks still buy red. Those who buy a lot of poinsettias, what they'll typically do is they'll buy red and then they'll buy some other colors. Mm -hmm. um, the that um, um, you know just to spice things up and get something different. All right, and I have mentioned several times already of my propensity to not being able to keep these things alive. 
if you have a green thumb and not like my black thumb of death with plants, <laughs> is it possible to take your poinsettia after the holiday season and then would it ever be possible to plant one in your yard or would it always be a plant in a pot and would you have to keep it indoors? There's a couple of questions in there, actually. Yes. So, yes, you certainly can plant it outside. It is a tropical plant. It is from the southern coast of Mexico, so it does not like cold. Um, frosts will really do it in. It doesn't really even like cold temperatures much below 40. Um, so after it warms up, um, you just well, first of all, um, in January, just put it in a nice sunny window. Um, it won't do much for a while. And then you'll start to see some green shoots at the base start to come out. And then eventually those green shoots will come up and they'll grow over top of the bracts. Uh, and so, sometimes the bracts will stay on. Um, often they will and other times they'll fall off. But So just keep it going. And then when it gets warm enough in the spring, after the last chance of frost, you can put it outside in a shady spot for about two, three weeks. And then you can go ahead and plant it in the ground if you want to. At that point, it'll just turn into a small leafy shrub. Uh, it won't flower. Uh, that is a whole separate process. And we do not have a long enough summer and fall for it to flower outdoors. If you go to uh, southern Florida, if you go to southern California, and of course, if you go all the way down into Mexico, on down through um, South American countries, you will find it outdoors there year-round as a landscape plant. And it will go ahead and flower because it's warm enough for the flowers to develop in the fall. Okay. But here you would just have a shrub. You just have a shrub. Now, <laughs> if you, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a okay. shrub you grew. So, you know, oh, it's a, um, if you want to get it to flower, it's more involved. It flowers. It's the reason it flowers is because the days get shorter and, more importantly, the nights get longer in the fall. And poinsettias, like a lot of plants, have this little internal clock that keeps track of this. And when the clock gets to the right point, it says, it's time to flower. And they go ahead and start this whole flowering process. So the nights have to be long. Now, you can reproduce this in the home. It'll take a little bit of effort. What folks will do is they'll take it from this nice sunny spot and they'll put it in a dark spot during the night. Or they'll put it in a room where they turn the lights off to make sure that there's no light on during the night. Otherwise, it just confuses things and the plant won't flower. Or it'll flower kind of halfway and it won't look particularly good. Uh, so the best way is to put it in a nice bright room with a lot of sun that you don't go into after the sunset because remember in the fall the nights are getting naturally long anyway you just don't want to mess that up okay so you're having to move the plant around a lot oh. either move it around or put it in a room that you don't turn the lights on in after dark okay all right it's just easier to buy a new one i think it yeah i think i might have the right idea so there are a few folks who have done this and I've seen uh, folks will send me pictures, which I love to get, um, and they look really, I've seen a couple of them look great. I've seen a lot of them look not so great. So uh, we usually just tell people, support your local garden centers, <laughs> you go, go ahead and buy new ones. And so, yes, 
for those who want to keep things simple, just go to your just local Just buy another. That's right. Another thing, you know, I also, in addition to not being good with plants, um, have cats in the home. Yes. And the traditional wisdom is don't have cats with poinsettias. Right. Is that a thing? It is a thing, but it's the wrong thing. Oh, okay. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there. Poinsettias are not poisonous. I'm so glad you brought that up. Uh, there's actually a video on the web of me eating a poinsettia leaf. Wow. Uh, they're not poisonous. Now, of course, I spit it out because yeah. they don't taste good. <laughs> you know, there's a big difference between there's a spectrum there. There's not poisonous, there's edible, and then there's tasty. And, you know, we, we eat the stuff that's tasty and, of course, edible and non-poisonous. But non-poisonous doesn't mean tasty. Um, yeah, you know, cats eat leaves. They throw up. That's what they do. Um, so people tend to associate the throwing up with, ooh, the plant must be poisonous. No, it's not poisonous. It just tastes awful. It just tastes awful. That's what cats do. <laughs> the, the, uh, the American Floral Endowment has tracked down the source of this myth. And what it comes to is the first report that they could find was of a young child in Hawaii that ate poinsettia leaves and subsequently uh, passed away. What they discovered is the young child ate multiple plants, including several that were truly poisonous. And poinsettia got on this list because it was in the plants that the child ate. And once it got on a list, you know, right. it, it never could get off. So it is not poisonous. But you still don't want to eat it. Yeah, you, know, you don't want to eat it. It doesn't taste good. <laughs> You, know, you don't want a do poinsettia salad. This uh, is not a thing. Well, actually, the bracts, they, in Mexico, they occasionally use the bracts in, in salads. In edible salads. In edible salads. Okay. So yes. we have to s distinguish between the bracts and the leaves then. Yeah, so you the latex could... doesn't taste good. No. So, and by the way, poinsettias have this white sap in them, uh -huh. which is called the latex, and it doesn't taste good. The bracts have less of that. So okay. I think that's why they get away with eating the bracts. Okay. I am not rushing out to do no. a poinsettia brack salad. No, we're not going to do that here. No. So, no. no. But if you, if you take a good trip, you know, down to Mexico, down to Mexico you might um, find a poinsettia brack salad. There you go. And you can try it there because, no, not here. That's right. Okay. So I'm not going to have to worry about trying to take care of this poor plant. <laughs> I can just buy another one just every buy year. One. Buy several, in fact. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not that you're biased or Not want us all. to buy more poinsettias. Please, yes. Um, I love poinsettias. I want more people to enjoy them. I think they're lovely. Just not in my house, usually, for long. Um, but I ask this question of everyone. So what is the coolest thing that you have found out while working with these plants? The coolest thing? Um, well, I, as you probably can tell, I just love poinsettias. And I think the coolest thing is um, after I started working with them, and by the way, I started working with poinsettias for my PhD. Uh, so I've been working with them for a really, really long time. And I folks can probably go online and figure out just how long that is. <laughs> um, but after I started to work on them, I really got to appreciate the plant. It's gorgeous. You know, it really is gorgeous. If you walk into a greenhouse, uh, you know, in late November, early December, before they're all sold, you know, it's just a sea of color. Red, pink, white, bicolors, and some of the oranges, purples. And all. It's just absolutely gorgeous. Um, but 
the history. You know, when you go into a store and you see the plant there, it's pretty, and you think, oh, somebody grew that. But there's so much more to it. It goes back centuries to the Aztecs. It's in, you know, Mexican culture. It's in U.S. culture. Uh, all the scientists, you know, at the universities, at the government with the USDA, the industry that have created this plant. You know, it's just the coolest thing. It's not only gorgeous. It's the fact that so much history is embodied in this one plant that's, that you can buy and take home. That's great. I'm going to work on my Aztec pronunciation because I really like that word. Quetzal Xochitl. Yep. Say that three times fast. I don't think I can right now, but I'll work <laughs> on it in my spare time. Um, well, thank you so much for being here today, John. This has been a lot of fun. I've enjoyed talking about poinsettias, and I may be inspired to go and purchase one for the thank season. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you are very welcome. We have been speaking today with John Dole, Professor of Horticultural Science here at NC State. This has been Audio Abstract. I'm your host, Tracy Peake. Thank you so much for listening. Music